0: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: What is going on, everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome back to the week of Movie Mondays. This is the Here's For Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat. About everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Shaw Mead. Sean, how's it going? I'm good, Connor.
1: That was like the most straight you've played the intro in months. Mm.
3: I, <laughs> I really I really wanted to be more professional this week. I felt I felt like we were getting pushback on the fact that we were shit.
1: Wow, okay, well I'm glad we've addressed that in one fell swoop on the, on this particular episode. It was my mother. <laughs> my mother said it. <laughs> Not about the show, just how we conduct ourselves in general.
3: No, my mother is always like, "That
1: Sean's a nice boy." I don't like that. <laughs> I like your mum. She 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 doesn't deserve the shit she give her.
3: <laughs> get out of my life, mom. <laughs> She's like, I don't, You don't
1: even live here anymore. What are you doing? Why do you keep coming back and telling me to get out of your life? <laughs>
3: Um, Sean, this is Movie Mondays. What do we
1: do here? Uh, you have spent the week gathering all of the movie and entertainment-based news that Hmm. you were able to find, and I have been too busy usually answering this question for weird news to know what I'm going to say at the minute. I went off book, it was weird.
3: I've mixed it up, but yeah, this is Movie Mondays, Um, and we, yeah, we normally just discuss all the weeks just nerdy news. Now... I would let everyone know, um, we would really enjoy if you gave this a like and review or whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that would really help us out, but Sean, we're going to get straight into it this week, because I've got some pretty exciting news, I went to the cinema this week, oh. and it wasn't for the Batman Unfortunately, that's next week. Seeing Moonfall again, of course. (laughs) For the fifth time. No, (laughs) I went to see Uncharted um, over the weekend. You're surprised.
1: (laughs) I am surprised. I didn't think anyone would see Uncharted. It's the one film I've ever come down hard as being like, I really hate this as a concept.
3: The the Sony CEO, he's coming a different direction because Uncharted is basically an unmitigated success Sean, um Brilliant. it has already on it already broke through the one hundred million dollar mark and it's opening weekend.
1: Okay. How much did it cost to make though?
3: Uh I, I don't know that, but opening weekend if you're making a hundred million dollars. No, pretty that's good. Not I will
1: say. Really, really good. And it is the cam before the Batman at the minute as well. So it's coming yes. out at a really, really good time.
3: It also has a 90% positive audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and none of that really really matters. What really matters is people want to go see Uncharted because it's got Tom Holland in it and he's coming off that Spider-Man, the Spider-Man push. Um, so, leading all this up to our big news this week, and, John, this might excite you because I know hmm. the Uncharted... Oh, no. Oh, uncharted no. The movie um, really caught your attention.
1: Oh, it's I really paid attention to it in a big way.
3: The Sony CEO has celebrated the unchart- Uncharted success... And calls it a new hit movie franchise.
1: Oh no, there was one word I was afraid of and it came up. <laughs> Jesus we, Christ.
3: We have on our hands a new franchise, Sean. Yes, I'm excited. How are you feeling?
1: Oh uh, dread, I would say mm. dread is the word. It's It's not that I have anything against uncharted or anyone involved with the production of this film. Personally, I just think it looks really, really dull. Um and now it's just gonna it's it's gonna be like Indiana Jones now, where they're just gonna milk it until it's aliens in a temple. <laughs>
3: That's, that's the normal progression of these stories but what I will say is having seen it Sean there was one man I thought of that I thought would like this movie and that is you because no you, impossible you ridiculously love National Treasure the film don't do and this. the sequel
1: don't do this to me do not tell because me that this movie is in any way like National Treasure which is a perfect franchise it's
3: the same <laughs>
1: But it's not, though.
3: (laughs) It's national treasure mixed with a little bit of Fast and Furious in that everyone doesn't really get harmed by things that definitely should kill them. (laughs) Is there many riddles in the movie? Because I'm a big fan of the oh. riddles in National oh, Treasure. There, there's, like, there's like crosses that are keys and you have to break in, but then it's also riddles oh. upon the church. Oh, no. you got a bit of Dan oh, Brown, that's... the Vi- da Vinci Code stuff. they got to crack into these places. A so one place leads to a different place. Where's the treasure?
1: Wait. A clue leads to another clue leads to another clue.
3: Yes, right. and in several of the clues, they nearly die due, due to traps set traps. by previous generations hiding Order the traps.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! It, it sounds compelling. I will be honest. But why was none of this in the trailer then?
3: <laughs> well, the trailer was mostly just being like, look at Tom Holland. <laughs> this is Uncharted. But having watched it, I think... No, this is not to say the movie is good. What I will say is it's it's very bland. It's fine. Um, okay. It's one of those where after I see it, I kind of forgot that I had seen it. That's not... Like, it's not bad, actively. It's just a movie that happens and Tom Holland is charming in it and I'm like okay I'm with you there and is, also there's I, some weird trick or some
1: riddles he, here's a question is Tom Holland just playing Peter Parker in this movie or is he a, a, more, a more confident kind of character in it I
3: will admit he is just playing Peter Parker yes
1: okay okay <laughs> so he's kind of he, he he's really capable but very earnest and reserved <laughs>
3: Yes, <laughs> that is literally the character description <laughs> that I had in my head. But also, this might surprise you, Mark Wahlberg's in it, and you'll never oh. guess who he's playing, just in terms of as a character.
1: Is he playing, And let, I'm going to hazard a guess here, is he playing Play- Mark Wahlberg?
3: He's playing more Mark Wahlberg than ever before. Oh <laughs> it's, no. It's like he turned up to set and they just went, Mark, you don't really have a character,
1: just... Play around. I will see what we can use. So is this like fantastic? Is it Transformers? Mark Wahlberg or like no? Yeah, it's, Marky like, it, it's like Mark.
3: It's it's like a sarcastic Mark Wahlberg. So he's oh, like, from
1: Daddy's Home. Okay, like, like
3: he's he's cool and he's he's tough. And he's always like, Oh, Tom Holland, you don't get it. This is this is what I really think. But he's like taking the piss out of him at the same time. It's a very nice relationship.
1: It's quite also, the there's riddles actually.
3: that lead to treasures.
1: <laughs> the riddle, I'll be honest, I'm more excited about the riddles, I will be completely honest here. Um <laughs> the news of this becoming the next big franchise, I can take or leave that myself. I'd rather they continue national treasure if they're gonna do that. But I mean Give Tom Holland another another job after Spider-Man, you know? So
3: uh, why we bring this up is that we could be having another franchise on our hands here that Tom Holland is now a part of. Um, <clears throat> he's just left Spider-Man, and now Sony are like, we're locking you in for another at least two, probably, Uncharted films because they keep making more than they cost to make.
1: That You know what that is very true. I, I, also, I don't know if he's confirmed as having left Spider-Man. They just there's See, no plans yeah. for those movies at the minute. So
3: he, he's busy he's, filming Uncharted Three. He doesn't have time. He's
1: already on the third. Of, the man's a machine, <laughs> and he's so earnest and good at flips. And yet he's reserved. <laughs> and yes, he doesn't
3: know what's going on sometimes.
1: And he he worked in a bar. Did you hear that he worked in a bar <laughs> while training for this? Because that's all that's been being pushed to my phone for weeks. <laughs> Um, so just so everyone knows we
3: could be getting many more Uncharted films it's a video game movie that's not actively terrible though
1: so there's that that is actually an achievement though because like I think the best one before this was probably Detective Pikachu or something like that yeah
3: I I would say Detective Pikachu was probably the best one what about Doom 2005's
1: Doom oh, with the rock oh, I mean that was I mean Detective Pikachu knocked it off the top spot I will admit <laughs> But up until then... Uh, wait, what, what about World a st- of Warcraft. Oh, a, a classic, of course. <laughs> what about Michael Fassbender's Assassin's Creed? <laughs> All greats. All greats <laughs> of the genre. Upset <laughs> by Uncharted.
3: <laughs> yeah, look, Uncharted is here to stay. We're going to be seeing a lot more of this. It also features a moment. Um, I don't want to give away spoilers, but... There's, oh, like there's Magellan's uh, treasure and all sorts in it. But it, it's right up your alley up until that point. But there's a moment where they're on a, an old ship um, okay. and there's a helicopter.
1: And
3: okay. the guy in the helicopter pulls out a handgun and Tom Holland fires a cannon that's on this <laughs> ship.
1: Like an, an old pirate style cannon.
3: Like a Magellan's cannon. <laughs>
1: Amazing that that still functions all these years later.
3: Oh, gunpowder,
1: fine. It just really? um, put it and in the maintenance lights. to the cannon itself. That was upkept all these Absolutely grand. Absolutely grand. He kills the helicopter. Everyone saved. Kills a helicopter with a cannon. That is a very Tom Holland move because he's Pretty earnest.
3: Cool. And when he does it, he's like, oh, um, uh, yay, I did it.
1: Then he makes a fucking great old-fashioned right at the end.
3: But fuck we love Tom Holland. Look, Tom Holland is the most charming man, so fa- get that money. If they're going to pay... Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, get that paycheck is like is our attitude towards Tom Holland. Like, if if you're the hot thing in Hollywood, ride that for a few years. I just
3: want good
1: things for that little boy who cried. I want to cast him in Dune instead of (laughs) Timothy Chalamet. No, No, do you think anyone would (laughs) notice? I mean, they're both very affable.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They're both lovable guys. So, Dave's like, wait a minute.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, uh, look, I'll watch it um pro- i'll probably watch the batman then this and then probably moonfall again
3: i would i'd tell you you should watch uncharted you might like it just unwillingly you might unwillingly if, like it if i do i will wholeheartedly come on the show and and say i like okay. it okay Okay, fair enough. No, I'm not saying you like it because it's good. I think it's it's right up your alley in terms of dumb. But <laughs> okay, okay.
1: I'll, I'll take that as well. That's fine. <laughs> this is a man who likes National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. <laughs> it's one of the best. One of the best National Treasure movies there's ever been.
3: <laughs> uh, we're moving on to our next piece of news, Sean. And this is a small one about Charlie Cox. Um, Charlie Cox is oh. Daredevil. Um of course made his spoilers, I think,
1: made I think it's out h- by h- now, everyone knows. Made
3: his return to the MCU in the latest Spider-Man movie. Um but he has also now confirmed that he will be returning as Daredevil in the MCU soon. So we have Daredevil for a few years to come. Daredevil's actually been taken off Netflix along with all the other shows.
1: Um, yeah Jessica be- Jones and Iron Fist and Luke Cage and all of those
3: yeah they- and they'll be coming across to Disney Plus which I mean kind of cements that he's kind of in that world now if they all come across
1: yeah it's like the- Disney Plus also has things like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Inhumans and all that kind of stuff so I think it's just there as like oh here's a a reference to these characters once we introduce them properly in the future
3: So my question to you is, is this going to be in the world of a new Daredevil series or are we looking at a um, She-Hulk? Are we looking at any of the other Disney Plus series that he could
1: pop up in? I think there was a rumour of this not too long ago that uh, Echo from uh, Hawkeye is getting her own spin-off. Echo, uh, another uh, deaf comic book character and i think matt murdoch was to show up in that quite a bit as well i also wouldn't be surprised about the she-hulk thing because they are both lawyers in new york so that 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 makes a lot of sense um and after that like it's kind he can kind of just be one of those characters that pops up because he is just he's around he's always there <laughs>
3: but then my follow-up to that is will we ever see a D- daredevil season four basically is it is kind of what everybody's wondering
1: that's yeah and i don't know because i think they'll do you know the way they were never allowed to do a hulk solo movie so they put hulk's arc over a bunch of different films yeah i think it might be like that that we get the wrap-up to a lot of Daredevil stuff spread across over a bunch of different properties, I don't know if they'll outright come out and do a Daredevil Season 4. And if they do, they'll just call it Season (laughs) 1.
3: Which I, I think is a bit of a mixed opportunity, or a missed opportunity, I should say, just due to the fact that, like, I know we kind of shit on Daredevil Season 2. Like, Season 1, excellent. I went Fantastic. back and watched Season 2. It's actually pretty strong until, like, Episode 7. And then it falls off a fucking cliff once, you know, all the ninjas start coming in. and He defeats, like, the 700 ninjas. You're just going, okay, right. That's true. And didn't
1: Defenders come after Daredevil Season 2, but before yeah. Season 3? So I think it kind of soured a lot of people.
3: Exactly. And so you have that like one, probably I think a seven episode stretch that's really bad. But then like season three of Daredevil is really strong again. Like I remember thinking, this is like really good. Because I think we all went into it not expecting much. I you said, we had the last half of season two and then the Defenders. And you're kind of yeah. like, uh, it's fine. I mean, yeah. But haven't watched that, I'm like, I'm back all in. And it is sad that that was the last time we'll see him. Just I mean, he wants to do it. It's an easy Disney Plus series if you want to put it out. Um, but I don't know if they can go as violent. Are they worried that like if they do it, they'll have to go less hallway fight scenes, more
1: Hawkeye fight scenes? That's what I was just about to say. I think it will be more like the Hawkeye show in terms of how they handle it. Now, I like the Hawkeye's portrayal of Kingpin as well. Um, did and you? That's conf- A lot of people I were did. against that. I like it because in, in the comics, he is just this immovable like chunk of a man. Uh so I I I think it absolutely suits him. Um but I and I think that Kingpin is confirmed to be the same like I think everything that happened to him in the Daredevil series happened to him in the MCU. I think Vincent D'Onofrio said that. So Yeah, I, I think they've carried that over. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if everything that happened to Matt Murdock in the Daredevil series also happened to him. In the MCU and we just see the wrap up of their story over like maybe the next you know Spider-Man film or something like that.
3: <clears throat> yeah you could I mean you have that team up with Spider-Man e- that's an easy one. That's just waiting and, to happen. Yeah like She-Hulk Moon Knight I mean he could pop up in Moon Knight could pop up in Secret Invasion could pop up in Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness a little bit I don't know if he would due to the fact that like Spider-Man's kind of that I think that was the version that they wanted him in, but I would mm. say probably more likely. I mean, where's Moon Knight set? Is that that's in New York as well?
1: It's Moon yeah, traditionally he's in New York. The series seems to be bouncing around a bit to like London and a bunch of like European and African locations. But, but I think it, he's going it's to anywhere
3: up- It's anywhere where the character goes to court <laughs> in some way.
1: Yes, you can always like just summon in Matt Murdock to defend you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think She Hulk is probably the most likely one. I like the idea of them teaming up. Um, I also like the idea of like having maybe having him in, in Miss Marvel, and like you have this really nice like combo of like he's the he's the older hero trying to teach Miss Marvel, but Miss Marvel is clearly way more powerful than he will ever be. But like he's like trying to talk her through things. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not how so much about do
1: training; it. it's more about like coaching, kind of. So you know, here's yeah. how you manage this life, kind of a thing.
3: You could you could view him as more like of a legend of New York, of like that's Daredevil. Like he he's getting a bit older, but he's a legend. Now, look, Charlie Cox is probably going to get
1: ripped for the next role. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> he's not <laughs> that That man's old. going to be absolutely fine going <laughs> yeah, forward.
3: But uh, he's he's busy doing RTE shows here in Ireland.
1: <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, he, he just took a, a little bit of a career break from being Daredevil, um, but I would love, like, I I I would love if in the next Spider-Man film, say, or the ne- or in She-Hulk, they have to like investigate the Devil of Hell's Kitchen.
3: It's just a cool name. Um,
1: it's it it, 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 so so cool, but like you set him up as like, oh, is he a, like to people who do not know. Or maybe people even in the show, they're like, oh, is this a a villain? Because it sounds like a villainous name. But then it's like, no, he's a vigilante, he's helping people. And then you have that whole debate about, oh, is this the right thing to do to arrest this guy? I mean,
3: you you have him as Batman. You have him as Batman. Like, he's a legend. People don't know who he is. But they're like, the devil was here. And everyone's kind of like, who the fuck is the devil? Like what are you talking yeah. about
1: but just no one talks about him at all <laughs> yeah, I also so, fully believe he might have got snapped uh, and that's why he was <sighs> even in the five that's years that's
3: great option yes that's how like, you solve everything
1: that's such a useful little like story point that they have that any character we haven't seen oh he got snapped and then he decided to become a superhero and
3: Danny Rad <laughs> never came back <laughs>
1: <laughs> Danny Rand just went off when people when Doctor Strange made everyone forget about Peter Parker he just included Danny Rand subconsciously
3: no when Danny Rand disappeared the dust everyone who was left broke into applause <laughs> oh yes
1: Tano said it was random but there was one person who definitely was getting dusted.
3: Um, so, yes, look, I hope I hope we see Charity Cox back. I mean, I just think it'd be I, it'd be so cool just having him have his own series. We will accept, Joe, just, like, short cameos. But, like, I just want more because that character's so good and it's just sitting there, way being oh, like,
1: used. And even, like, the four seconds he was on screen in No Way Home. Outstanding character portrayal. He's
3: just just so good in the role. Um, So, we're moving on to our next piece of news, Sean. And this is one that really surprised me because Paramount have come up with a new live action idea for a show. uh, For a movie, I should say. Is Um, this Chip and Dale? (laughs) <laughs> so Chippendale.
1: Oh, okay, but so, Chippendale looks great, I just want to say. <laughs>
3: so Paramount they have decided to they they've found their next I don't want to say franchise. But oh, they've found their forbid. next They've ne- found their next big team because of course Detective Pikachu did well. Um and so right. where do we go from here? Well what we have is Jerry Bruckheimer coming at the helm? Now, Jerry Bruckheimer, oh, I of know, Pirates of the Caribbean fame, Pirates of the Caribbean and National Treasure and, and National Top Treasure. Gun. So, a strange link
1: between those franchises. I think
3: you're Jerry Bruckheimer's son. I just want to make that clear. But Could be. the blockbuster king, as they're calling him, has found a new live action movie based off the popular franchise, oh. Beyblade. Fuck. <laughs> off right
1: now (laughs) live action beyblade movie is coming to paramount holy shit this is amazing i don't even care that it's gonna be terrible that's class
3: (laughs) i want to say first of all straight away there's probably at least 70 percent of people listening to this who do not know what fucking beyblade is this story is only interesting to me and you because of our age bracket so sean
1: could you let everyone know (gasps) what beyblades are Imagine spinning tops, right? But radical. Uh, basically, this comp- the company made spinning tops. I think, was it Bandai or something like that? But they made spinning tops for 90s kids. And they had, like, monsters attached to them. And they were all jagged. And you'd fight them in this big arena. And then they did the Pokemon thing of making an anime designed to sell these toys. Mm. And... And each Beyblade had, had a
3: Bey. Each Beyblade had a Bey launcher. So, like, yeah. you have this string, and you'd pull it, and then your Beyblade would self start spinning. Okay, that's normal. But your opposition would also spin his. They'd go into like a little bit of a a colosseum.
1: Did, did a bit of a a bit of an arena. Did you have uh, an arena of your own? Uh, I up? I didn't have an arena. I I just had my own Beyblade. Oh, well, I had an arena, Connor, and I was the coolest kid on the street, okay? I had Ma- Master Draciel. That was my Beyblade. Uh, it a defensive but, type. Uh, <laughs> but how can you have a defensive It doesn't make any sense. It's bigger. It, it's bigger. It's got more mass, so it spins uh, longer, oh, even after getting hit. Clever. Tactics, but, my boy. Here's the One thing. One lad in school. <laughs> melt, you know, okay, so they used to have this rip cord on them, right? And you would say, let it rip, and you'd pull the ripcord and that would launch the Beyblade <laughs> one lad in school he like melted two ripcords together so it was extra long oh shit so he used to get such a long pull that the yoke oh. would just spin for ages oh
3: fuck he's cheating he, was that like steroids but it's, it's not
1: regulation blade, now it's no, no it's a uh, it's, were they
3: drug it's, tested w- him?
1: In primary school, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do a swab on the way in.
3: <laughs> for some reason, he's also on steroids. Like, he doesn't need it. have after more to mould these things together. The stronger the pull you get,
1: the better. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, um, yeah, so in this TV show, you would just basically put on the string, the two things would spin. But in the TV show version, they would basically spin for as long as the plot needed. And at yeah. certain points, characters in the show would summon demons from within their Beyblades to Spirit fight. Spirits of the
1: Beyblade. Yeah, yeah. They all had different, like, different monsters attached to them. One of the Beyblades I had came with a little kit to assemble the monster that the Beyblade represented. Um, but then how did the monster, you know, in real life come mm-hmm. come into the battle? Oh, well, there was a sticker on the Beyblade. <laughs> And that showed the monster that it would oh, be. Oh
3: shit! <laughs> He's got a sticker. <laughs> but in the show, that is how it worked, right? And so obviously they just sold trillions of toys. This was like Pokemon. In my head, it's like Pokemon, then Digimon, then Yu-Gi-Oh, Bay.
1: then Beyblade, Beyblade, and then Bakugan tried to be a thing. But then it Bakugan? went kind of back
3: to Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: Hmm.
3: most. Yeah.
1: And now um, Yu-Gi-Oh! is like... The, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, I think, persisted the longest.
3: But this was pretty big for a while. So, Sean, my question to you is a live-action Beyblade movie. Is there any interest? One. Do, does, the, does the world need it? two?
1: And also, how bad is it going to be? I mean, that's... See, it depends how they do it. Because the traditionally live-action anime adaptations, absolutely dog shit terrible. Uh, Like, look at Cowboy Bebop on Netflix recently. But, what if we did like a Queen's Gambit style movie, but with Beyblade, you know? (laughs) Fuck you, I'm in. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, I just think it could be really, really good. Uh, Now, where does the drama come when, like, you literally, you have no agency over these these blades no, but once it they seemed go into in the, the arena TV show that they could control them and I never understood how that was going on I, I think there might have been a remote function I know some of them could jump that they had like springs in them and then they could like hop over the other blade that's surely uh, not on the, in the spirit of the game in the spirit of the Beyblade I mean the spirit well the spirits are like dragons and shit <laughs> so maybe it is maybe that's what they wanted to do <laughs> look at my sticker it's a very big sticker <laughs> but where like do you do it as it's got to be an underdog story first of all oh it's a competition yeah yeah and like some kid scraps together a Beyblade from parts he found in the road uh, and he goes up against the the, the evil team the the Ivan Drago of Beyblade Masters yeah um, who is all the best Beyblade gear
3: you Cobra Kai Beyblade
1: you Cobra Kai Beyblade I think that's the (laughs) way to do it Jerry Um, (laughs) now If we could perhaps have a fight on a big wheel, if we could arrange that for the Beyblade film.
3: Jerry's already written that. The (laughs) fighters are trying to spin it while they're
1: rolling, and Johnny Depp's like, oh, no. (laughs) But is it going to be a case that all of the problems in this movie are solved with Beyblades? I I think that is the... Well, to be honest,
3: if you ever watched any Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Beyblades, um, Sean, all problems are solved through battle
1: that is true I think like the world economy in Yu-Gi-Oh is based around card games
3: like a guy would rob a bank and Yu-Gi-Oh would be like I'll duel you and if I win you have to give back the money
1: (laughs) that's very true and he's got his duel disc ready um (laughs) but I'm excited because this like think of the merchandising opportunity think how many Beyblades I can buy because this movie is I being think you, made
3: I think you're thinking of you're thinking like a paramount producer currently that this is why they're doing this now I just wanted to let everyone know this was happening um, they are currently working on it Jerry Bruckheimer's already signed on so, and he normally has a bit of clout so if he's signed yeah, yeah. on they normally, they normally go through with what he's working on um, so yeah we have a Beyblade movie coming our way probably in the next 3 years. It's probably going to be terrible, but Sean can use it as an excuse to buy more Beyblades.
1: And that in a way that's what this whole podcast has been about.
3: <laughs> this has been the long con for the spirit of what Dragon whatever you said?
1: Master Draciel Connor. I found it course. on eBay. I'm actually going to buy one. Oh fuck it. <laughs>
3: Um, He's like an old on. turtle, it's class. Oh, go away, we're <laughs> moving on to our next <laughs> piece of news. Um, and it involves Star Trek 4, Sean. Um, oh, it wasn't um, Twit and Tarantino going to do this at some point? So he was lined up and then he was he was uh, removed, um, and then they got someone else in, and then it was also removed. Uh, J.J. Abrams was involved. Um, but this is during Paramount's Investor Day. Uh. And it was all up in the air about what was going to happen. Okay, so nobody knew. Uh, Paramount wanted to do another one. The cast were a bit iffy. J.J. Abrams is also involved. He did one and two. He's kind of like, it was all very under wraps. It was hush hush about whether contracts were being dealt out, whether the movie was even happening. They were still in the negotiation phase. But then Paramount did a very interesting negotiation tactic in that they shot themselves both in the balls and in the face simultaneously, (laughs) ultimately probably costing themselves quite a lot of money because they had J.J. Abrams announce on the Paramount Investor Day that they are officially moving forward with Chris Pine and the original cast with a Star Trek 4 without telling... The original cast.
1: Oh no. Yes. Oh no. So, like, uh, Chris Pine's always held down. Like, everyone is just.
3: So now, Chris Pine hasn't signed his contract yet, but the whole cast, if we think about this logically, have Paramount hanging by the balls. Because they can say, well, I want $50 million to do this movie. And they go, oh, no, we don't want to pay. They go, well, you've already announced it with JJ Abrams with the original cast. And I'm Chris Pine. So you can't do it without me.
1: Gee, like, I am looking at this cast as well. And even since those movies, like, the remake came out.
3: Chris like, Pine, gone Zachary on to do Quinter, other careers, Simon Pegg, Carol Irvin, Zoe Saldana, John Shaw. Like, they are, yeah. I mean, and Chris Pine especially, Carol Irvin, Ur- Zoe Saldana, she's got that Marvel money now, she don't give a fuck. Like, here's yeah, the Chris, thing.
1: Carol Irvin is the boys now. Uh, like, and Deep Roy was in this? Do You know Deep Roy? <laughs> no. Deep Roy played, in the remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Deep Roy played all of the Oompa Loompas. um, Oh, okay. But each Oompa Loompa was technically a different character. So he got paid for each character that he played in that movie.
3: Absolutely, dead right. Um, Get that money. (laughs) But here's the thing. So they have announced that Star Trek 4 is happening and they didn't tell the cast before
1: they did it. It's a very Warner Brothers, oh, we're going to put everything on streaming kind of a move.
3: I think it was an investor day for Paramount. Um, mm-hmm. And they were kind of probably, we need good news because obviously this is the investor day. So we want people to give us money. And then we'll go, they probably said, do did, did we have that Star Trek 4 movie confirmed? And so I was like, yeah, basically, yeah. Like, like basically yeah. we have them signed on. Yeah, we just have to ask if the cast are okay with it. Oh, the cast are okay with it? <laughs> we don't have to work out final details on money and how much we'll give them for each, you know, appearing in the film as, you know, this is the fourth one. They might not want to come back, but let's not yeah, make any the, wild the, promises the, to the fans about them coming back, just in case.
1: Where, where did he go? Where, where's he gone?
3: <laughs> where's J.J. <Gigi> Abrams gone?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's asking questions and never answering answering them. <laughs>
3: Um, they said that not only will they start filming this fall, remember, they haven't told oh. the cast they are going to start filming this fall, the movie will also be released December 22nd, 2023. So That's very soon. They've already announced that it's going to be released next year, at Christmas, um, and that they've started filming in fall of this year. And once again, it came as a surprise to the whole cast that this was happening.
1: That's absolutely that is insane that they did that's <laughs> that's borderline illegal right
3: <laughs> it's also borderline terrible in terms of like now they have to pay whatever the cast want or do whatever the cast want to make it happen because yeah. you can do the movie but if chris Pine doesn't come back and zachary quinto doesn't come back and simon pegg doesn't come back what are we doing
1: I think you have to cut your losses and just do like Next Generation and like get in James McAvoy. As ah,
3: but they announced to the investors that this is what they're doing.
1: Oh, so they're investing based on the fact that they think the original cast is coming back. That yes. is. Oh, I see. I see. So the if they give money and then
3: say Chris Pine says, sorry, I have to do Wonder Woman 3, I can't film then then the investors are more likely than not to say, well, I'd like my money back if you're not doing Star Trek.
1: Did they li- so they lied to their investors.
3: They didn't lie technically, because I, I, I probably they were in negotiations. But yeah. if you are any of these people's agents, and this has just been announced, you're like, like Chris, stop for one second. They have to what? agree to whatever we what?
1: say. <laughs> Chris, what do you want most in the world right now? Because <laughs> <laughs> we can get it.
3: Because literally, whatever we ask, they have to say yes. Because they need yeah.
1: you. You are literally Captain Kirk.
3: <laughs> they said that not only were they all coming back, uh, as of now, Pine is said to have started early negotiations as he's the linchpin to the project. Quick keywords, early negotiations in that.
1: So they've, been t- they, they've arranged a meeting with Chris Pine, is what's happened yes. there. The screenplay like, isn't
3: even written, by the way. It's even it's being worked on at the moment with no
1: budget yet in place. So they have nothing. They went in with nothing to this investors meeting. <laughs> they <are> panicked no. <laughs> and said, oh, Star Trek 4. You know, we're all really excited. It's all coming the, out next we're Christmas. Next, this Christmas, no, 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 next Christmas. I'm I love that, that they got
3: pressured into it. They're like, Oh, it's coming out, and someone's like, Can, Do you have any more? Sp- um, uh, oh, it's coming out with Christmas, and uh, oh, good you know, release time, yeah, good. Le- and what, like next year, or this year, what, what do we, we think? Because obviously, you have it all worked out for the year, yeah, you know, it's um, <laughs> 20, 23, 2023, 23. it's coming out, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> he like yeah, looks at his friend, like, 23? And he man's like,
1: shrugs his shoulders, like, yeah, I don't know, probably. <laughs> He's like, looking at the, the investor is like, on his way to write a check. And they're like, like oh, it's coming out 2024, 20, three, 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 3. And he finishes signing the check. Two million dollars? Wow. <laughs> wow, we can pay Chris Pine with this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, man, I hope that cast are just like, Okay, well, what are we gonna do? I would like four days off a
1: week, please. <laughs> yeah, I wanna, I wanna not be on set at all. <laughs> I wanna I've do got green, green screen, screen, but you yeah. bring
3: the green screen to my house. I spend half an hour doing one scenes or just one cut of one scene, and you just put it in the movie,
1: and that's the, that's my negotiation. I want a scene on the Holo Deck where everyone <laughs> is Captain Kirk.
3: So um by the way JJ uh, Abrams is not going to be directing this um so it's Matt Shackman who's director of One Division. Uh oh, he's gonna be coming in to direct this. So they have a director, so that's good. They just don't have a script or a cast or a shooting. Like, has anyone told have,
1: JJ Abrams though that he isn't directing this?
3: At this point they're just making it up every single day, I think, as they go along. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like, oh the you like one division? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're we'll get mad. Still, still them
3: your man's still writing the check in front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who do you have to direct it? Oh, um do you like Hawk? Oh and he's like starts to write like low numbers. Uh who? Uh, low low key One Division. One Wanda, oh my kids love the one WandaV- division. Yeah, no, we have that director. We have him coming in. Yeah. yeah,
1: we have. We're going to make one division. You have like Steven really Spielberg.
3: We don't have him.
1: <laughs> no, have you heard of Martin Scorsese? He loves these kind of movies.
3: <laughs> I hope they announce
1: Scorsese's coming in to direct Star Trek Four. It is like uh, Citizen Kane. We're going to do Citizen Kane again. <laughs> <laughs> just someone losing it in front of a
3: whiteboard. <laughs> I, ju- I just wa- want to see what happens. I think this is going to be really funny for the next few weeks to find out what the cast do. Um, but yeah, look, if you could get them to give you like five days off a week, just work one day for half an hour. Every day lunches for like three hours long. Just take your time, lads. Pitch anything. Um yeah, yeah. Speaking of pitching, Sean, we have Kenneth Brada. Um... Now, Kenneth Branagh, who you might know, director of recently Death on the Nile. um, Pretty good
1: film? Good film? Pretty good
3: film. film. Pretty good film. He's known for obviously playing uh, Agatha Christie character. uh, Characters, Mm -hmm. I should say. But not only is Death on the Nile after coming out. Kenneth Branagh is pitching. And this is some of your favourite words that I know you're going to like. A film-verse film verse Based on Agatha Christie's Miss Marple, he wants no. to make a Christie version.
1: This is awful. It, like <laughs> the idea itself is fine, but the like the 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 marketing spiel that has to be put around it, yeah. I hate. Also, Knives Out is just going to be better, isn't it?
3: Look, I mean, you've you've got Miss Marple, Miss Marple there. You've got Poirot. There's two in the universe, so you're you're up to two. And yeah. I think they're the two that we're probably going to concentrate on most, if we're honest with ourselves.
1: I I, I would say so, quite honestly. But like, the, and and look, those are both very long-running TV series as well. Um, the the whole detective mystery novel turned show. So like, there's I, there's absolutely no reason that those won't be good films. Um, but please, like, what what's the benefit to that being? a shared universe with Poirot like why can't you just make those films individually and just call them oh here's an Agatha Christie story
3: I I think he's thinking of in terms of like you do Maple or Miss Marple movies and Poirot movies same time but like they're just movies that they make lots of money but they're separate detectives and then maybe you work up to an Avengers team up
1: Or they both have to solve both. Oh they have to investigate each other's murders Oh excellent They're both dead And hear me out here Chris Pratt as Poirot Oh shit (laughs) No Chris
3: Pratt as Miss Marple Oh my
1: god Then who do we get to play Poirot uh,
3: I'm Jennifer gonna announce, Lawrence. I'm going to announce Chris Pine <laughs> as Poirot
1: <laughs> Chris <laughs> right <do> now <laughs> bring Chris in
3: <laughs> what's he doing nothing um, no well Kenneth Branagh is amazing as Poirot and I think like he's perfectly cast he's a very good director he also directs those movies um, mm-hmm. and then is quite fun if you don't know who the murderer is I think it's an excellent little murder mystery romp um, well
1: you think murder th- is funny do you
3: no Well <laughs> How
1: How are they done uh, Big anvil falling off a cliff
3: uh, pretty funny Can <laughs> fun. they get kicked in the balls beforehand
1: Oh you know they're getting kicked oh, in the Oh you know hands. they did What <laughs> happens is into it. One man is holding an anvil off a cliff Gets kicked in the balls Drops <gasps> the anvil Other man no. Simultaneously getting kicked in the balls Think oh it can't get any worse Anvil on it Piano on guy kicking Oh, then he pops out with the piano, and all of his teeth are keys.
3: <gasps> I love that. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Yeah, you've got murder mysteries. I feel like with the success of Death on the Nile and, of course, Murder on the Orient Express and all that, you've got mm. you've got Knives Out, which excellent. One of my favorite movies. I feel like they're going to ruin it, <laughs> and I think this is them ruining it because think, yeah. Because a murder mystery, something like this, is like one every three years. I want one every three years or one every four years. Just a random movie where there's a murder mystery. we got to solve it. It ends with everybody in the one room. It's like, the murder is among us. But who? That kind of stuff.
1: What, what if we make a, a movie about Among Us, the video game? <laughs> of course.
3: Uh, <laughs> but what will happen with this is you're going to have Miss Marple, Poirot, Knives Out 5, back to back to back to back, ultimately reducing each movie's effectiveness because they're all no. different, but they're
1: all the same. I That's very true. And I think we talked about it with Knives Out where I think you said it like, we hadn't seen something like that since Murder on the Orient Express, which had come out a couple of years beforehand. And it's like, that's what makes it special is that it's not something you see every four months in the cinema.
3: But um, I think it's because people like them. and But people like them because we haven't seen that in a while. Like obviously, we had the long run of TV series. And there's always a murder mystery on whatever channel you're watching at some stage throughout the day, whether it's CSI or whether it's, like, any of those, clo- any of those shows. But once they realise these make money, they're just going to keep putting them out, like, yeah. one
1: by one. And I do feel at the minute that they're afforded kind of a... Uh, A special treatment in terms of how they make the movement Like the director would be given a lot of freedom With something like this But once they crack the formula It's going to be like No you have to make it this way and, and I mean there
3: is a formula there I mean there's a formula there from years of like even like Columbo or like just one more thing just, can I just ask you one more question Just and then you're like at the end of the show you're like oh yeah that one yeah. small detail is what solved the whole thing that's great and it also makes people feel smart if you pick the killer out before everybody else you're like they definitely did it um, no and that's the thing
1: is like, and they always show every possible character who could be the killer they show them all right at the start Exactly. so you can kick yeah.
3: it um, Knives Out I think still has it because obviously with Poirot and Miss Marple we've seen that before yeah. and it's it's hard to do a murder mystery and surprise if, if it already exists like the, it's already out there
1: yeah Knives Out is kind of the strength of it really is its characters because with like I find with the TV shows from those other uh, murder mysteries it's like the mystery is what you're in for a bit of Miss Marple mainly, but, like, every character in Knives Out, like, shun, and it was a treat to watch all of them.
3: Yeah, and and we had never seen that murder before, so once you've yeah. never seen it in any way, you're like, okay, well, who could it be? We don't know. Knives Out 2, I think, has a massive advantage over this, because, like, as I said... It could be any, and also the cast for that film is outrageous. It's so, so good. it's one of those where it's not just one big star. Like, if it's one big star amongst them, you're like, well, they definitely did it, because they're not going to pay that person all that money. For, I don't want to spoil names out one, <laughs> but yeah. they're not going to spend all that money on that one person who's very big at the moment to be in the film, unless they're probably the killer. So, Whereas Naiso 2 has like a cast that any of them could do it and they're also paying a lot of them a lot of money.
1: That's, yeah, like if it was a bunch of no-namers and then Tom Holland in the middle. (laughs) It's probably Tom Holland. (laughs) It's probably Tom Holland killed him. Uh, But yeah, when everyone is like on equal footing, then everyone is a suspect. And that's the interesting bit of it.
3: Yeah, I, look, I I hope they don't make a, a universe of any of this. Um, just make just, good movies. Just make one movie murder mystery every two or three years and I'll be happy. Let's not make it like every six months. We have to yeah. have one of these movies keep coming out.
1: Release it at Christmas time. You'll make bank and then just put that money straight back into the next one. <laughs>
3: exactly, nail it um, ok, so we're going to have to move on to our next piece of news Sean, and this is just a small piece of news about Christopher Nolan's next project um, oh. I felt like we hadn't talked about it at all, but it's been slowly assembling one of probably the best casts you'll probably see these days um, now there's no other news other than like Oppenheimer is the name of the movie oh, Christopher yeah, Nolan's next yeah, yeah. big project and we got a first look at all of their ca- all of the cast as it's expanding Um, so here's the thing Kenneth Branagh who we just talked about has joined the cast so Kenneth Branagh pretty good at the old acting but of course we also have Killian Murphy who's going to be the lead um, who leads the ensemble he's playing Robert Oppenheimer who's a scientist who is considered to be one of the fathers of the atomic bomb um, Mm -hmm. and helped develop the bomb during World War 2 now You've got Kelly Murphy, you've got Kenneth Brada. I wouldn't normally bring up a story like this in terms of cast, but wait till you hear the rest of the cast. Because <laughs> you've got Nolan directing, you've got Kelly Murphy, Kenneth Brada, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Rabbi Malik, Josh Hartnett, Dane Dehan, Jack Quaid, um, Alden Eidenreich, and Robert Downey
1: Jr. as your cast. Oh, God. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah. No cast should be that strong. <laughs>
3: like, like, it's. I think it might be one of the best ensembles we've ever seen for a film.
1: Uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, on a Knives Out level of excellent casting. Yeah. Like, that's like, insane. There's no weak link there. Like, when you start off with
3: Killian Murphy leading, and then you follow it up with Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, and you're like, okay, well, Jesus, that's a strong trio. Florence Pugh... I mean, probably the bit, one of the best young actresses working currently who who lives right now. You've got yeah. Rami Malek, um, Dane DeHaan, Jack Quaid from The Boys. Um, Alden
1: Dennis Idenreich,
3: Quaid's son as well. Alden Eidenreich, who's just thrown in here, of course, Han Solo. Um, yeah. David Krumholtz is also here. And then, finish it off, we just had a little bit of RDJ in at the top. That's,
1: that's a, and it's, it'll be nice to see him in like what I assume is going to be a serious role in this film. I think he uh, probably
3: wants to play something. Like a little different to
1: Tony Stark, Tony Stark, or Doctor Doolittle. Don't forget about Doctor Doolittle. True, <laughs> uh, that came out before the pandemic, didn't it? I think it was just beforehand. Yeah, but that was yeah. apparently a nightmare to work on. Oh, an the
3: atrocious time. film.
1: Yeah, <laughs> atrocious film, atrocious working environment. All of it bad. Uh, yeah. I imagine this one's going to be a lot better. Um, yeah. Now Nolan's
3: coming off Ted,
1: so I, I mean that's true. And that had a very good cast, mm. I will say. I don't think it was a cast as good as this, though. No, no. I would like, how much screen time is everyone going to get in this movie? Because that doesn't seem fair on anyone.
3: Like, yeah, you walk into a scene and, like, you've got Killian Murphy on your left, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh. And, like, Matt Damon's got to walk in good. I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> like, the, the, these people are
1: pretty good at this job. He's gonna get yeah, like some major actor is gonna get have like an identity crisis in the middle of this. <laughs> um, so yeah,
3: I just wanted to really cover that that, that is coming out. It's coming out next uh, summer, and um, mm-hmm. and it's currently being filmed as we speak. So look, what what we don't know anything about it other than the fact that it's based off um, obviously Robert Oppenheimer, a creator of the one, the fathers of the atomic bomb, all that stuff. But other than in terms of plot. Not quite so sure. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely something to keep an eye on. But, Sean, we're finishing off this week with Sony's casting. Um, Because Sony have added a villain to Craven the Hunter, the film.
1: An interesting statement you've just made, Connor, because Craven the Hunter is a villain
3: interesting you say that Chad, because Criv oh, no. the Hunter could also be a bit of an anti-hero can't Jesus.
1: he Jesus I, so, I mean he did make like a hundred clones of himself and then have all the clones kill each other to find the best clone is that the yeah, action that's of a cool. hero Connor
3: that's that's cool though
1: I <laughs> and mean, some of them
3: die from kicks to the balls and, and you know like just heavy weights
1: I mean, I, I mean that was the majority of the killings, actually. Yeah, <laughs> they all so stood is, under
3: one big weight,
1: <laughs> and one Craven was just able to drop it on him. Uh, so okay, so okay, Craven, an antihero. Who's the villain in that scenario? Is it chameleon. Uh,
3: the chameleon has
1: been added. There to The go. Craven,
3: the hunter, move. Very good, Sean. Um, Thank you. So uh, yeah, Sony has announced that the, chame- the chameleon will be the villain. In Craven the Hunter solo movie. Um, of course, Craven the Hunter being played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. What I want to know, Sean, is can you tell us a little bit more about Chameleon? What's his deal?
1: It's actually kinda of strange. So, so Chameleon um was uh Serge Craven, Sergey was Craven's adopted brother, I believe. Um and they grew up together. Everyone gave Chameleon shit. Yeah, uh, like they'd treat him like absolute, like uh, l- l- like a lesser creature, um, and Craven was the only one. Craven hated him, but he still showed him like some level of kindness. And so Chameleon was like, "I will fight and die for you, Craven." Um, <laughs> like, it, and that's why his whole thing is the Chameleon. Like, he'll just wear a face to make people like him. He will be whatever someone needs him to be.
3: That's so that they give him sad. any
1: sense of approval It's really sad Chameleon yeah. is like a heartbreaking character He's also a maniac But he's oh, like okay. you can His origins you can absolutely see Where that comes from So it's, I guess in this He's going to start off They're going to do the brothers thing Craven is going to Get real mad at him one time And then Chameleon's going to go off on his own And get angry and look for revenge I think is what's going to happen
3: Right, and do you think it's going to be a situation where you have anti-hero and Mm -hmm. villain as, like, two sides of the same coin, Sean, but they're against each
1: other? I suppose so, because the chameleon can also, like, he's a master of disguise. Um, Depending on the version, he's either a master of disguise or can magically change his face and stuff. Right. don't know which one they'll do here probably the magic changing of the face so you can have a craven on craven fight in that case
3: <sighs> I, th- I mean yeah i think it's just co- cool visually i suppose but that's like the ultimate um i know this is in sony but it's the ultimate marvel thing that the villain is just a hero but just in a different colored outfit
1: <laughs> yeah and i feel like sony are still playing catch up on that um <laughs> but i think it's going to be a case That like craven's going to be bad but not entirely bad and yeah, like he's punching, an, he's punching worse. an
3: orphan, but Chameleon's like punching two orphans, and he's like, "Ah, yeah. lad, come on now,
1: come on, at least ah. give one orphan a break." Come
3: on, <laughs> boy! <laughs> I have the other one waiting <laughs> to be punched, <laughs> but like, you can't give the right beating if you have both hands taken or two orphans. Do you know what I mean? No, I I do know what you mean, Craven. But here
1: I am punching <laughs> Orphan still. and, and uh, Everyone in the audience is like he's so good. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Craven's God. a saint. Like you need because Craven needs to hunt someone worse than Craven. So he's going to start off, I assume, hunting like a Morbius or a Venom. Move on to Chameleon. Then once he sees um the the the, the things that Chameleon is doing, what if Marvels? What if? What if Chameleon turns into Tom Holland for a bit?
3: Actually, that's an interesting thing. Do they have the rights to do that? I mean, they technically do? They're Sony? Technically, they would. They could do Andrew Garfield. But why would he? Like, in this universe, he is technically Tom Holland. So why would he turn into Andrew Garfield?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know if in the Sony universe it's Tom Holland. Oh, no, because we see... No. So at the end of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Venom goes to a different universe and sees Tom Holland on TV. Yes. So it's not obtuse to say that after the events of Far From Home, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man makes himself known again. Maybe he's been operating in the shadows. He hasn't actually been public in a few years.
3: It is mad though that, like, if Spider Man existed in Venom's universe, he, we've just never heard anything about him in two movies.
1: Yeah, like, I, I guess, but they, but that Spider Man—did he ever have, like, I suppose people did turn into lizards in New York? I was wondering, <laughs> would that be pretty, national news?
3: Pretty public. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty public
0: alright it was pretty
3: uh, like I want to make everyone a big giant lizard and I'm going to like turn everybody into lizards and then Spider-Man was held by the people of New York using cranes
1: yeah, oh yeah yeah that, is, yeah that crane thing alone would have made Facebook yeah. um, and there
3: was the whole scene at the end of Spider-Man 2 the amazing Spider-Man 2 when all the police are there but all there's a massive crowd I'm assuming newspapers are there when the rhinoceros shows up
1: and maybe it's a world where no news ever leaves New York. You know, maybe they're oh, just oh yes, that's good. All New and, York and Eddie Brock, news.
3: a journalist,
1: <laughs> has heard nothing of this. <laughs>
3: There's that reminds me of um, Batman vs. Superman when like Clark Kent's like Bruce Wayne who's that <laughs> like, yeah, Clark yeah. you're a journalist <laughs> you he have lives to know he like two hours away like <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, look I feel like they'll have to do some weird mind bending shit to make like any Spider-Man come into this I mean this is Sony's universe this is Venom this is Morbius and now it's Kraven the Hunter and Chameleon so Yeah. Craven the Hunter is good in this. He could be
1: a hero, but he's also a dickhead. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, like he hunts, he he hunted animals for sport for years, then got so good at killing animals, he decided to hunt people.
3: Yeah, and kill them.
1: And kill them. And then when that got too easy, he decided to hunt superheroes. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Like, so how in in any of the bit when he's hunting humans, are we meant to be like, ah, no, he's a good lad, though,
1: to be fair? I think they might go the Joker route and just make him, like, give the chameleon, like, harsh upbringing, give that to Craven as well. And so everything he's doing is as a result of his upbringing. You know what it's going to be? What? Wolverine Origins. It's going to be Wolverine Origins, yeah. And you've yeah, got yeah.
3: Wolverine and Sabretooth. But they just don't see eye to eye. But one of them
1: is violent. The other one, much more violent. He, yeah, one has a code that they stick yeah. by. Yeah, yeah. Don't Craven kill, kill too with many with orphans. orphans. <laughs> Punch one orphan at a time. I keep telling you, Dimitri.
3: I only set small fires at orphanages. I do not kill all of them. I get at least three people out before I kill the rest.
1: Not three orphans, mind you. Three <laughs> adults who I later hunt.
3: <laughs> the little kids, they've got little legs. I leave it up to them. But the, whole <laughs> the humans, I hunt them myself.
1: I don't know. I, I, it's its getting harder and harder with, the, with that Sony universe to justify the anti-hero. Because Venom, by all accounts, is an anti-hero in comics these days. Uh, Morbius is an anti-hero some of the time. Craven is basically always a villain.
3: Yeah, I don't think... I mean, he's part of the Sinister Six. I like. It, there's never really a story where Craven's like, ah, he's a good lad, though. He's, ah, you know what? He's kind yeah. of
1: nice. There's some where he's sympathetic. Like, you're meant to feel bad for it. Like, Craven's Last Hunt is an excellent example but of that. But
3: when he's sympathetic, he normally goes over the top psychopath and
1: kills a bunch of people to kind of yeah. counteract and, that. And then the status quo is returned. Yeah. And he's a bastard again
3: yeah I'm I'm really interested to in know where they go it's gonna be he's bad but Chameleon is much worse Chameleon will just become him Aaron Taylor-Johnson is gonna be doing a lot of work here I can only assume
1: yeah
3: um, also Russell Crowe is signed on for Craven the Hunter so we Does don't know what role probably I don't, we don't dad, know maybe, a, maybe probably Kraven's dad he's gonna he's be out in like the outback
1: hot take he's J. Jonah Jameson
3: <gasps> I'm trying to work out Sony's <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I don't know who they own. I have just, no idea who they own. <laughs> is
1: it J.K. Simmons in that world? I don't know. No, because we've never seen a J. Jonah Jameson in the Andrew Garfield universe. I, although there is one written in the paper in Morbius's trailer, with yeah, also Black Cat, who is connected with Spider-Man.
3: And there's a Spider-Man poster in the Morbius trailer and behind Sp- him. Spider-Man does it's Maguire's Spider-Man.
1: Yes, it's Tony Maguire's Spider-Man. But in that the Venom, Venom can, which be also in features, it also Venom. features Michael Keaton. Who,
3: yeah, but presumably presumably is also the Venom Watcher. can't be in the Spider Man. That Eddie Brock as that can't be in Tob McGuire's universe because we've already seen Venom in that universe. It was even for though Grace. Morbius and Eddie, that Venom are together in the same universe.
1: So, oh, Sony. but oh, that I'm Venom afraid. knew. Who Peter Parker was, because the other Venom in Toby Maguire's universe knew who Spider Man was, Peter Parker, and so that's how the other Venom knew it because of a hive mind scenario.
3: But also, no, I loved it. It's so you're like, oh lads, we fucked it.
1: <laughs> oh lads, this is we have done a number on this. <laughs>
3: um, look, I think that's it for this week's Movie Mondays, though, Sean. I think we got through a lot of news.
1: I think we did. Thanks for putting that story last because my brain is yogurts now after yeah, discussing that timeline.
3: To, to me, anything I hear about Craven the Hunter, I'm just like, why is this movie happening without Spider-Man? It doesn't make any sense, but why is you do you, like, sorry. Is,
1: yeah, do your, do your own thing. Uh, why is that universe happening without Spider-Man is another mm-hmm. question. Uh, but would you like me to take us out, Connor? Yeah, Please. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We'll be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thanks goes out to everyone over on the Patreon who continually supports us month on month. Shout-outs go to uh oh, God, uh Mangot, Batman, Mangot, Man Bat, Scream Mask Wearer, Killer Joe, Hank the Tank, the Cat Burglaring Bear. <laughs> I think i just had a stroke waffles but thank you very much for that's continued what we support. sounded like on when the, wednesday the show oh, editing it back it was a fever dream and i'm so sorry <laughs> anyone had to listen to that um yeah, if that makes no sense, you go listen to Weird News from last week. Um, thanks also then to Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Roisin the Wife Palmer, Ryan Wrighttime Evanson, Sean Groyer Moe for a Bro Jameson, Dominic Josiah Florida Gal Green, Anna Helmroos, Little Dickie. The lads turned their stories into motion pictures and made millions. McGrew. I hear those motion pictures are going to take off anytime oh, soon. The old talkies. The old talkies. Uh, thanks to Danny McLaughlin, Ray. I can't believe Wanda did this Sammy DeLucia and Michelle wishing Ronan Brown a very happy 10th birthday thanks everyone for the support over there head on over to the Patreon if you want to hear us do uh, some of our movie reviews there's heaps of them up there as well as some Disney Plus reviews as well um, and you can also suggest movies that you'd like us to review so that's always a good time other ways to support the show there is a merch store link below Twitter is at Heroes for Higher Pod. the 4 is the number 4 Facebook is Detective Devilman's discussion group or Heroes for Hire podcast, whichever one you prefer. Uh, Instagram then is Heroes for Hire podcast. And the best way to ever help out the show is to tell one human being that we exist. Just the one, please. But I think that's about it, Connor.
3: I think so. So I've been Colin Long. I've been Sean me I shall see you all next week, guys. Bye. Bye.
0: Planning for your next trip?